Glory to God. You are richly loved by all of heaven. The most important thing is that you feel loved. If you don't feel loved, Satan's already got you. Because whether you want to or not, feelings control your life. Like you shouldn't be led by your feelings. Well, what else are you going to be led by? Demons? I mean, my God, you're a soul. You, you can try to dehumanize the human or take away the soul of the soul, but it's still going to be feelings in there. Just probably be hurt feelings. <laughs> so, <laughs> literally, the most important thing is that you get your feelings completely baptized in the presence of God, in the perusas, the perusi sauce of heaven, that you live in the liquid love realm of His glory by revelation of divine love. <laughs> it's the most important thing. Revelation of love is what seals you in the bridegroom's chambers. It's what solidifies you in the Spirit. Nobody can walk in the Spirit except by love, because God is love. The Holy Spirit is love. God is love. So you're not really walking in the Spirit unless you're in love. The apostles warned a lot of people about that. Yeah, a lot of people talky-talky, very few walky-walky. You'll know them by their fruit. And that fruit's intoxicating. That fruit's radioactive. That's, that fruit is living, active, and energized. That fruit is the power of God. God's power only works through love. Okay? Now we say that all the time, but the dimensions of love that we're coming into, trust me, we haven't known love. I mean, I, I hang around with the craziest glory fanatics on the planet, and there's a lot of love, and we're drunk on love. We're continuously drunk on love. Like, we're, we're whacked in the wine cellar for a long time. But I know what God's doing now is releasing a whole different level of love and power, love and authority, love and dominion, love and might. The angelic sphere is conquered by receiving divine love. The revelation of divine love is what raises you from the dead. Some people can receive a lot of love, like I did when I was 18. I received all the love. Oh my God, I was completely dead. I needed the big, biggest drink. I took the biggest drink of my life when I was 18 years old, 20 years ago, October 15, 1999. And I got raptured. I, right up from Tartarus hell, completely dead as a warlock, a Satanist, and a, an extreme drug addict, right up into the third heaven, right up into the throne. That was my conversion experience. I went from Tartarus straight to the throne of Zion on the mountaintop of the Lamb. Right on the throne is where I was born again. And the glory was so strong, I was paralyzed two and a half hours, and scales fell off my eyes. I was blinded, couldn't see, couldn't open my eyes. Carried by four pastors, hand and foot. They began driving demons out of me, all this stuff. It feels like 10,000 watts of electricity surging through me, head to toes. And I'm sitting on the couch while the pastors remain in the room or discussing what they're going to do with me. And I heard the audible voice of God, like thunder, over my head. I will make you more high than all the drug addicts, and I'll make them jealous of how high I get you. We're here to drive all the sinners to jealousy by the supreme intoxication of the gospel, by the supreme intoxication of divine love. Song of Solomon 5.1, Drunk on Love. And we haven't really seen anything yet. It's been mostly persecution, honestly. The harvest really hasn't happened at all for us. It's just been mostly for 11 years, just pioneering 
through the jungle against every prince and power, power thrown in dominion, spirits of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's almost all that we've been doing for 11 years. Now, this season is a season of harvest of divine love. That's the vineyards, walking amongst the vineyards. This is the promised land season where people will rise up into this realm that was pioneered for them. They're going to leave the natural dimension and rise up into the glory dimension. God said to me today, it's the season of the love rapture. Your body doesn't go with you. Your body stays on earth. Philippians 3.10, you're raised from the dead while in the body. That's what the Bible says. Amplified classic, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, that you may obtain the moral and spiritual resurrection from the dead even while in the body. See, we're doing all this body stuff. None of that's important. We need to do spirit stuff. And the spirit gets so built up, the soul goes up inside the body. There's a mental elevation of the soul in the body. The body's on earth. That's your connection to the terrestrial plane. You want to be on earth. Otherwise, your rewards are sealed and you've stopped laboring for the Lord. And that's your eternal position to the throne of God for eternity. So you don't want to die. You want to live. You want to overcome death. And you want moral and spiritual resurrection above the dead while in the body. So what you're overcoming is the dead, the words of the dead, the religion of the dead, the lust of the dead, the pride of the dead. Oh, how much dead is down here? Woo! A lot. It's a true saying. Not so much over Minneapolis now, but in the past. If the fallen angels were to take on skin, it would utterly blot out the light of the sun. That's how surrounded you are on earth by Satan and his angels. That's why horrible things, things happen constantly. Horrible things. I mean, it's like daily atrocities. It's like seven people murdered today. Oh, child trafficking exposed today. I mean, like every, it's just non-stop atrocities. Why? Because you're completely surrounded by Satan and his angels from birth. You were born into hell. You were born into hell. You weren't born into heaven. You were born into hell. You must be born again in heaven and your spirit getting built up on the prophetic word lifts your soul up into that place. And eventually your body will go there too. That's how you'll be young at 100. Bob Jones told me personally I'd be young at 100. Amen? That we're the generation predestined for ordained to overcome death. Hallelujah. <laughs> and it starts with the people who learn how to feast on love. It starts with the people they will be completely, recklessly, and hopelessly abandoned to love. The love realm is the revival realm. It's getting people in this place of reckless abandonment, cups that overflow, Psalms 23, 5, supremely intoxicated, so that you don't even care so much about it. You're so pleasured on the agape of Christ, because agape is the glory of God. It's suffering. It's a mountain of suffering love, the Bible says, but the suffering is for the glory. We shared six verses yesterday on Facebook on my wall. Every single verse dealt with suffering and glory. Suffering and glory. The greater the glory, the greater the suffering. Why? Because the natural dimension has to be burnt off your spirit. It's the burning. It's the sanctification. It's the refiner's fire. The love of God is the glory of God. And you're suffering for the love of the Father in you. The glory of God in you is the love of the Father. And the external suffering is because you were born into hell. Hello? You're born into hell. 
So you have to develop heaven inside you, internally, inside the temple, and then so exude the radiance of the light being, the Shekinah glory of God the Father, that you burn up all hell. The flames of the heavens dissolve, and the elements melt with fervent heat. What is the fervent heat that melts the elements, the imprisonment of the elemental spiritual forces of wickedness? Love. Hello. This love is made in Eden, in perfect spiritual union with God and with man and with woman. And it's not physical. Although the overflow of your spirit wax your body that you are like a drunken man because of the Lord and because of his holy words, like one who's had too much love to drink. Amen. <laughs> Discovering God in Eden is your final frontier. Becoming a lovesick lover is the most mature thing in Christianity. That's what a mystic is. A mystic is someone who's drunk his cup of love, like the revelations of divine love, and has completely raptured their spirit and soul out of the natural dimension. Listen, you can live raptured. That's been the motto of our ministry for 13 years. You can live a lifestyle of rapture. You could be internally resurrected into the glory realm while your body's still on the earth. I don't care if you what you have going on in the natural realm. In the spirit realm, you're right there in fellowship with God the Father face to face on the inside. We're so carnally minded that our conscience is so seared, we can't even see God. But once we have revelation of love, the conscience is cleansed and we see God and we're more in heaven than we are on earth all the time. That's what it means to rule and reign with Him from the angelic heavenly sphere. Revelation 5.10, And they shall rule and reign from the angelic heavenly sphere. How long? For a thousand years. A millennial reign of Christ. Where's Christ? In you. Christ in you. You're going to reign... Not from Jesus coming back on the outside, because then you'd be sealed with how developed your spirit is right now. Most technon Christians couldn't reign for one day. They're not reigning. They have no revelation of reigning. They have no revelation of living from the high place. They're stuck in the natural dimension in, in religion, mostly serving Jezebel, barely even saved. That's true with 99% of Christians. So there's time to develop us in love. This is the time to grow in love, the teachings of divine love, the revelations of the Garden of Eden, your promised land as New Covenant Christians. Amen. Eden is the promised land. Eden is the place of perfect love. That's where you live internally in unbroken divine fellowship. All it takes is the purging of the conscience from death. Hebrews chapter 9, the sprinkling of the blood of the Lamb for the purging of the conscience from the acts that lead to death, or from death, or from Abaddon, from the principality of religion, from all the stuff of the external realm that weighs upon your soul. It really is the, the lightnings of rescinding. It's the power of God's Spirit to rescind the law from your brain. The lightnings of rescinding. There's the lightnings of God that will strike your brains. It's true. And completely remove the curse of the law so that you have no more do's and don'ts, religious beat yourself up, garbage, whack in your head. You have no influence of Satan and his angels, of Abaddon and death and Jezebel and magic arts and Apollyon and all the filth of Herod and the Pharisees. There is just, there's such a removal of the principalities from the influence of the soul because principalities rule by covering. Just like apostles rule by covering. It's the same thing. That's why 
more than anything, the principalities hate real apostles because they remove principalities and provide an apostolic covering, which is called the glory cloud or the, the canopy of love. Isaiah 4 or 5 is all about the apostolic covering of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And it's the covering of love so that what can't, the scorching heat can't hit you. Like it says in Revelations, and they shall no longer be struck by the sun, S-U-N, meaning the natural light of Kabbalah, magic arts, witchcraft, prayers, word curses, everything Jezebel is, everything the devil is, all the power of the fallen angels can't touch your head anymore because your head's in heaven and you're over the sun. You're over natural light. You're over the moon. You're over gravity. Amen? Overcomers. You have to overcome the natural dimension of religion. You're overcoming principalities. You're doing it by internal sanctification. You're doing it by internal revelation. Revelation light beaming from within you. Revelation light of grace and revelation light of love. Amen. And getting all your feelings healed in your mind so that you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Instead of like, oh, just feeling condemned all the time because I have a seared conscience. Feel condemned, beat me up, not good enough because I got a seared conscience. Because I got Satan in my brain. Because I haven't experienced the lightnings of rescinding. Lightning is what reverses the curse in the, in the brain. So you don't have any of those negative feelings. You're, I mean, it's just everywhere. People need the power of God and it comes out of love. The lightnings of rescinding will, will be released by the ministers of love during these times. And the curse of the law will be completely removed. And not just the curse of the law, because some people have breakthrough in that, but the curse of the fall. Death. <laughs> not just the curse of the law, not just overcoming the seed of the Pharisees, not just overcoming Jezebel and the magic arts and false carnal-minded Christianity, but overcoming death. Apollyon and Abaddon. Of overcoming the realm that causes aging in the brain by being wrapped in soul in the the sons of the heavens in the light of the heavens and the wrapped in the dust of the earth and just living as mere animals instead of the angelic ability of God which is never fading glory, amen. An ever increasing glory is called divine love. Now a fading glory is human love. Human love is fading. Human love is real, and people fall in love, and they fall out of love. The divorce rate's like 51% in the USA amongst Christians. 51% divorce rate. So that tells me that 51% of these people, and probably more like 99% of the people being a pastor for so many years, knowing the situation here, how little revelation people have, is like human love. Because it's a fading glory. They find something, and the selfishness of the sinful nature flares its reptilian beak and starts biting at each other. You won't let me be me. I can't be me. You're trying to change me. Love me the way I am. I was like, well, hallelujah. No refiner's fire for you. You'll stay at that level of inheritance for eternity. You'd be lucky if you even get into heaven. Because a lot of these people in the full demonstration of love, if they rejected, they'll harden their hearts unto death and go to hell. Oh, yeah. There's no such thing as once saved, always saved. You're in the river, which is love, or you're out of the river, which is out of love. You're only saved if you're walking in love, because God is love. If you're in God or out of God. If you're in the body of Christ, the body of love, because it's His body. It's His anointing. 
Are you in Him? Are you outside of Him? Where is your mind? What does your soul drink from? Every soul has roots, supernatural roots. Every soul is drinking from either Satan or Jesus. Some people have a mixture of both. But a soul spends eternity from the roots that it drinks from. There's roots of bitterness. Whoa. There's roots of all kinds of sin. Roots of adultery. There's roots of greed. The roots of all evil. The love of money. Roots of idolatry. And then there's something called the roots of David. The roots of David is the fire of the Garden of Eden. That's the root system of the one tree of life that we eat from every day and our eyes open with Shekinah glory. Amen. The roots of David are the seven spirits of God, which is God's sevenfold Holy Spirit. Amen. I know from experience. I know the Holy Spirit that well that I can tell you from experience that the Holy Spirit is the seven spirits. When we were younger in the Lord, there was confusion on the matter. That confusion has been burnt away for years. The seven spirits of God is the fullness of God's Holy Spirit. In the book of Revelation, four times, the seven spirits of God are mentioned. The Holy Spirit, not once. Oh, I forgot the third person of the Trinity. No. The book of Revelation is the unfolding of Jesus in His life and what He experienced on earth. Jesus knew the Holy Spirit as the seven spirits of God. That's why in the revelation of Jesus... It's only called the Holy Spirit as the seven spirits of God because it's how Jesus knew the Holy Spirit. So that's the mature things of God. Really, revelation is to grow you up into mature believers, to walk exactly at the same level of glory and wisdom that Christ the Messiah walks in, firstborn amongst many, firstborn from among the dead. He's really not ashamed to call you brothers and sisters of the same divine class of heavenly beings that created the heavens and the earth with a whisper. He's not ashamed to call you gods. He loves doing it because there's no competition in him. He's, he's not threatened by us. You know, he, he overcame Satan on the cross. All he does is love you. All he wants to do is raise you up in power. He actually rejoices in you getting extremely powerful. And he's so humble. He says, I'm going to even get you more powerful than I was. You know that? Jesus did not display the full power of the Father while he was on earth. He didn't. Otherwise, there would be no Rome. I mean, look, look at the martyrs. They killed a million people. They killed a million Christians. Jesus didn't display his whole, part, his whole, his whole power. Otherwise, there'd be no way to have a million martyrs in the first century. They killed a million Christians in the first century. Fed them to lions. I mean, just crazy persecution like you've never seen before. I mean, it's, it's just insane. Jesus' full power is reserved for right now. Right now. The greater works generation. And it's the greater works are the greater power, which is out of the greater love, which is the full revelation of Eden, and a people that live more in the heavenly realm than the earthly realm. The heavens are my throne and the earth is my footstool. You'll be able to say that clearly. Like it says in Ephesians chapter 2, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now you're seated, but has your mind awoken to the seat of Christ, to the authority of Christ, to the power of Christ, to the revelation light of Christ, has your mind awoken to heaven? Nearly no one has. That's the mind of Christ. Your brain starts to burn with Shekinah glory, and your eyes begin to see more out of that realm than the natural realm. That's normal. It's called spiritual growth. 
Jesus Christ said, I wish all of you were seers. He said to Moses, I wish all my people were prophets. Well, you got pro prophetic sauce. Doesn't mean you're in the office, but it means you're all prophetic, which means you're all alive with a living word. Amen. And then he also says, I counsel to buy eye salve so you can see, which means you don't see, you're blind. You got all the gifts operating. These, these are apostolic, prophetic, glory churches, the seven churches of Asia Minor, and he's saying they're still blind. Wow. Which means you can be living as a Christian and all the gifts, words of knowledge, all this stuff, doing all the gifts, and be completely blind and not even be operating in the mind of Christ at all, 0%. It's true. I've watched that Technon Christians do it all out of zeal, out of an external anointing and not out of an internal springs of knowing Him on the inside. The switch from outside to inside is dramatic. It's the switch from immature to mature Christian. Knowing Him on the outside is Christian maturity, and there's grace for it. I mean, there really is a lot. It's amazing grace. But switching from external to internal is when you start to become a mature lover. When you start to be able to feed the brides-to-be revelation that makes them mature lovers of the bridegroom king with no foxes, no separation, no veil, full blazing glory all the time, effortlessly, because you're one with him and your mind is completely yielded. You're controlled by Christ, a temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's a place of maturity. It's a place of divine love. It's a place of being full of revelation, intimate knowledge of Him. Ephesians 1.17 is one you want to memorize. I pray that you receive the spirit of wisdom and, and revelation and the intimate knowledge of Him. Why? Because you're getting your glory fathered. Amen? The Father of glory give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's important you understand growing in wisdom is growing in love. Because that's the ever-increasing love or the ever-increasing glory. The non-fading glory is wisdom building her seven pillars inside your spirit man. Seriously, how can it fade if God himself is the builder? Unless the Lord builds the, the inner man, all external laboring is in vain. That's why we're persecuted. Because we expose most of the stuff out there is just religious junk. It's mostly just business. It's not even sent from the throne of God. Very rare to find actual stuff that's sent from the throne of, of God. There's very few ministers that I trust on the planet that have, are consistent from God's throne that I can eat their bread and drink their wine and actually grow in the fruits of the Spirit. It's very rare. I mean, it's one out of a thousand in ministry right now are even sent. <laughs> You'll know them by their fruit. They will always lead you into a greater experience of divine love in revelation and wisdom and intimate knowledge. Now, there are, there are thousands, because there's 8 billion people here. Okay, But we need for people to, to grow and to develop intimate knowledge of Him and keep, teach out of the realm of intimacy in the inner man, out of their own spirit. We don't need carnal minds teaching Jezebel's Religion. Jezebel has a form of Christianity that has miracles, signs, and wonders, works, turns everyone into slaves. I gotta do, 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 not good, and it works out of the brain. Jezebel's Christianity is the majority of Christianity that the world has accepted that's out there right now. Worldly Christianity. And there is a lot of charismatic Christianity that is Jezebel Christianity. I mean, a lot. 
a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Literally, everything that's not making you mature in Christ is Jezebel's fault. Jezebel's not just sexual morality, but magic arts. She's a sorceress. It's the sorcery of Galatians 3.1, having begun in the spirit, trying to finish in the flesh of the brain. The brain matter is the only flesh it's talking about in the New Testament. It's not talking about your, your arm leading you astray. I've never seen someone's calf muscle lead them into the bottomless pit. Oh, but the influence of the brain brought 12 billion souls into eternal hell because of following demons. That's true. So it is. It's the battlefield of the mind. If you can crucify your mind with Christ, you'll have zero demonic influence in your life. But if your mind's just a mess, your feelings are all screwed up, you live all wounded, you'll have way more demonic influence than Holy Ghost influence, and your life will be a disaster every day, a soap opera, drama, 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 never-ending drama, because you're not willing to sacrifice self. You're playing games with God and just living hurt, looking for self-pity, looking for people to feel bad for you, and it's actually a form of pride. It's a form of mental illness called pride, Satan's pride. Feel bad for me because I've been hurt. I'm so wounded. Yeah, join the club. We all have. We all come out of hell on earth. The issue is Jesus Christ died on the cross, suffered for us more than all of us combined, and never did a wrong thing his whole life. So that if we drink his love, we get healed. So actually, the bravest thing you can do if you've been wounded severely, we deal with people coming out of sex trafficking. We've had people come out of the porn industry living in our house for years. We've dealt with heroin addicts. I've dealt with every extreme case in existence on this planet. And they don't make excuses like, oh, well, I'm, I had such a hard life. They have a drink and get healed. And now they're blessed. You should see these people's lives transformed. Hallelujah. There is just no excuse to not drink and get healed. Clinging to wounds is demonic. It's actually pride. You're trampling the blood underfoot. And we understand this is hell on earth. You're born into hell. I mean, seriously. We understand a lot of horrible stuff has happened to everybody. But now we have a cup that can heal us all to the uttermost. We have a cup from Jesus Christ that makes us whole as God the Father is whole. That makes us shining ones. That makes us day breakers and light makers that makes us the manifesting sons of God. What is a manifesting son of God? Someone completely healed from all the wounds of pride and lust. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life are wounds from demons. All that is in the world that you've let into your heart and into your soul, they're all wounds. So you're getting healed from all the woundedness of what's called sin and falling short of the glory, no longer short of the glory, now in the glory, by the love of God that raises the dead, by revelation of love that takes you up into a high place called heaven, living in heaven above the curse, above sin, above lust, and above pride, being so blessed that you're showering blessings on all souls, being a covering over all souls. We sacrifice all of ourself, which is really just getting healed by drinking His love. And that's what raises you up to heal others. The higher you go, the wider your canopy. Amen. This apostolic canopy, you're participating with it all over the planet. Eventually, it will cover all planet Earth. This love revolution is an ever-increasing canopy of love, which is an apostolic covering of the Messiah. Jesus Christ is coming back to a bride who's an apostle, who has completely covered all nations with an apostolic covering and is just drenching them with liquid love continuously. And if anyone's still a mess, 
I mean, it's because they want to be. It's not because they, re they have to be. Because there's so much healing available here now that if you're not receiving the oil, if you're not receiving the wine, it's because you're clinging to demons and you love the self-pity and you love the shame, you love the nakedness, you love the lie, you love the curse, and you love demons. Amen? That's exactly how it is. Glory to God. But let those that are thirsty to be healed, let those who want to rise from the dead to live in heaven, let them receive wine and oil without cost. Let them receive it into their souls. Let their cups overflow. Let their bodies be drenched. Let them be baptized in the wine and oil of the Garden of Eden from the Bride of Christ and the manifesting sons of God, the friends of the Bridegroom, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If you'd like to give a love offering, you can donate at redletterman.com. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Wait, before we go, let's do Song of Solomon 3. Amen? Glory. Got to get through this this week. Night after night, I'm tossing and turning on my bed of travail. Why did I let him go from me? How my heart now aches for him. But he is nowhere to be found. So I must rise in search of him, looking throughout the city, seeking until I find him. Even if I have no... Whoa. Even if I have to roam through every street, nothing will keep me from my search. Where is he? My soul's true love. He is nowhere to be found. Then I encountered the overseers as they encircled the city. So I asked them, Have you found my heart's true love? Just as I moved past them, I encountered him. I found the one I adore. I caught him and fastened myself to him, refusing to be feeble in my heart again. Now I'll bring him back to the temple within, where I was given new birth, into my innermost parts, the place of my conceiving. Promise me, O Jerusalem maidens, by the gentle gazelles and delicate deer, that she'll not disturb my love until she is ready to arise. Who is this one ascending from the wilderness in the pillar of the glory cloud? He is fragrant with the anointing oils of myrrh and frankincense, more fragrant than all the spices of the merchant. Look, it is the king's marriage carriage, the love seat, surrounded by sixty champions, the mightiest of Israel's host, like pillars of protection. They are angelic warriors, standing ready with swords to defend the king and his fiancée from every terror of the night. The king made this mercy seat for himself out of the finest wood that will not decay. Pillars of smoke like silver mist, a canopy of golden glory dwells above it. The place where they sit together is sprinkled with crimson. Love and mercy cover this carriage, blanketing his tabernacle throne. The king himself has made it for those who will become his bride. Rise up, Zion maidens, brides-to-be. Come and feast your eyes on this king as he passes in procession on his way to his wedding. This is the day filled with overwhelming joy the day of His great gladness. Amen. We love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.